influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to A. Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's A. Thompson. Bam, 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 bow. Uh, ladies and gents, what the fuck is going on out there? It's Tuesday. It's time for a solo show. It is time to get booge here on Aid Thompson and other disappointments. Uh, a doff of the cap to the Patreon backers, as always. Let's, uh, you know, let's crack open a beer together now. Let's try to make sense of the senseless people. It is a truly terrible world out there. Um, and for the benefit of those just joining us here in our little family for the first time, um, let me put this plainly for you. I am not here to help you see the bright side of things. I'm not here to help you solve your, your, your press bias, your Putins, your pandemics. I am here to point out the awfulness. You know? <laughs> I'm like, look, look at that shit. You know, and then and then we both feel better that we both hate whatever the fuck it is that I'm talking about. You know, the catharsis sets in at that point. You know, like this show. This show is like, like, you know, when you were younger and you had a mate and sometimes it felt good to bitch with them, you know, <laughs> like, like have a little bitch about whoever was being the dick that Friday night. You know, you go around to theirs on the Sunday, you have a cup of tea or whatever, or hair of the dog, and you just let it all out. You just have a bit of a bitch about who was being the dick on Friday night. And in that negativity were the sparks of friendship, right? It brought you closer to that other person having a bit of a moan about someone else. You know, you sit down with your cup of tea, or your ale, or whatever it was that you drank on a Sunday, and you're like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that prick was drunk by eight on Friday, stumbling around in his baggy jeans, freestyle rapping to confused strangers. What a cunt! You know, and then they were going, I know, I feel the same. You know, It's fun to have a little bitch like that, I imagine. I mean, you know, I say, I say I imagine because... That was me. <laughs> that was that was my behaviour, hammered by eight, freestyling at strangers. But I imagine some people probably had a bitch about me. And, and I imagine that I almost certainly brought those people, those friends, closer together. I think. So this is the thing, guys. Like, a lot of people might be like, hey, your, your podcast is so negative. It's so like, why is it all so negative? Like it's it's disappointments. It's bad news. It's depressive and drenched in alcohol. It's so negative. Like, no, no, it's not. Not if you think of it like the 22 year old bitching about the drunk by eight white rapper, because I'm positive that somewhere out there, regardless of the content, <laughs> regardless of the hot takes, or the occasional salient points I may be able to nail down. Like, somewhere, there are people who fucking hate this shit. They find me cringe as fuck. I'm sure of it. And I like to think, 
you know, with every mini sketch or TikTok that I put out, I like to think I might bring them closer together, guys. You know, I bring the people together. Cue the cult music. Right. So what is going on out there? What is happening at the time of recording this? Let us uh, let's let's quickly find out, shall we? So I got Sky News open. It appears that the French are rioting again. <laughs> That's sort of like I mean, that is sort of like it is what they do, isn't it? Like, I really think we we could take a few lessons, a few pointers from the French. Don't you think? Like they're so softly spoken. They speak so beautifully. Don't they? I've always found the French like to be very amiable, very kind, gentle. And then something happens and they just kick the fuck off, don't they? <laughs> do, you, like, do you think it's like um like they use up all their hate and aggression in a once a year riot, you know, turning villages into war zones, you know? That is what they're doing in it. Like imagine Gerard's cross flipping to becoming Beirut. <laughs> for one week like it's just a festival or some shit isn't it like you know the way that like society types go to festivals you know posh people upper middle class people they go to festivals like they turn their lives up on their ass for one week just for the novelty of it and it's like, are the French like that with rioting and hate and violence, you know? <laughs> like the way that society types are like, you know, uh, uh, Cassandra, Cassandra, it's Tammy. I've got this frightfully fun idea. You're like, you, you know how we went to boarding school and Oxbridge and you know how our, our parents uh, brought us, they, they bought the flats outright for each of us. And we, and we live in this sort of, you know, painless, devoid of challenge, gilded existence. Well, yes, yes, Tammy. Yes, obviously I know that because it's me. What's your point? All right, all right, Cassie. Like, I'm just, I'm just setting the scene for the listeners of AIDS podcast so they know that we are two immensely privileged young ladies. Okay, okay, fine. Understood. But well, what, what is your point? Well, I was just thinking, what if, as a novel departure from our unparalleled, untroubled existence, what if... We went to a festival and lived filthily in a fucking tent, pitched on mud, and we didn't eat for a week. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound particularly fun, Tammy. Oh, well, well, this is the wild part, Cassandra, right? We live like filthy, homeless plebs, like disgusting plebs, for a week for the novelty. And then we're booked back into Cotswold House to recover. Oh, that is inspired, Tammy. So we get to exhaust all the disgusting plebbery from our systems and return to pampered privilege and purity thereafter, redeemed and renewed. Like, like are the French like that, do you think, is what I'm wondering? Like, they're so gentle and nice and charming, you know, and then once a week or once a year for one week, they get to just exorcise these demons, you know? Is that what's happening? Like, the French are like, Jean-Claude, you, you seem tired. Allow me to make love to your wife for you. Oh, merci, Paul. You know, like, they're so nice and considerate. 
But for one week a year... <laughs> fucking bedlam and hate and burning tyres and, you know, get it out of your system and, yeah, exorcise the demons. Like, maybe we could learn a thing or two from the French, is all I'm saying. Because Brits have, you know, we have such a stiff upper lip mentality, don't we? Such a sort of, you know, don't talk about your feelings. Don't make a fuss. Don't cause a scene. Doesn't matter who's pushed in. Just wait your turn in the queue. Don't make a fuss. Don't cause a... Like, and I honestly believe the pressure valve, it's going to loosen at some point. Do you know what I mean? We keep it all bottled up. We don't riot. But at some point, <laughs> it's... It's going to happen. Like, you can't, you can't continuously waterboard your people with interest rates and energy bill hikes and sewage contamination and not expect them to explode sooner or later, can you? Like, you can't just pummel motherfuckers with hardship and woe while billionaires get richer and richer and then expect there not to be a cutoff point. At some people, where at some point where people have just had too much, you know. Like I'm sure I said this before, but like you can only fob people off for so long. They come knocking on your door and they're like, "Yeah, can we get can we get some help with the rent?" But every time they ask, you're like, "Yeah, no, 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 sorry." Like they don't just go away. They don't just disappear. Go well. I guess I won't be hungry anymore. You know, that's it. Just don't be hungry, Gary, you know. But no, they're going to come back and they're going to knock harder next time. And still then, you're like, yeah, nah, nah, nah. I'm very busy. You know, like that cycle is going to continue and continue. You're just going to keep fobbing them off. They're going to go away. Then they're going to come back angrier and knock harder, you know. That cycle is going to perpetuate and grow. And then they're going to ram raid your fucking door down. They're going to loot your fridge and your food cupboards. And they're going to hang you in the village square. Such is the anger that you were so sociopathically against helping them when their kids were starving. Like before, they were just angry that society's unfair and their kids were crying about, you know. Now they're violently angry at you. Because if you won't lift a finger to help starving children, well, then you must be evil, you know, and eradicated. So then they feel like they're doing the right thing by setting you on fire in the town square or some shit. I know that's dark, but you get my point, right? You can only fuck people over for so long before eventually a correction takes place. <laughs> the universe is balanced once more for the French. That threshold is seemingly a touch lower than over here. But we will reach it, man. I promise you. Because there's only so much rent hikes and making people broke and sewage in the water that people would... Like, it's like fucking Woodstock. Like, did you see that documentary on, on Netflix, the thing about Woodstock 99? And now they didn't order enough water, you know, and then they started to run out. 
So the vendors then started to price gouge it. And the water supplies they had there were fucking cholera levels of shit in the water. So people were broke with shit in the water. And what the fuck happened? The whole thing collapsed into a rapey, rioty, violent and murderous nightmare. Like that is what happens when you take people's money and deprive them of the basics and put shit in their water. That is where that ends. But the Tories are like, oh, well, uh, here you go, plebby. Another bubble tea fecal smoothie coming up. And I'll, and I'll take those savings, thank you. Now, take it all down, you filthy, disgusting puffer. You cretin. Oh, here's, here's a sun headline. No, 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 it says that it's good for you. Yeah, that's it, you moron. Gollop it down like it's one of your Aldi deal energy drinks. There's no way this will end badly. Even though on a societal level, we are almost exactly replicating the microcosm of Woodstock. Fuck, man. Fucking Tories. I don't know, man. Like, do you... Do you think maybe, like, allowing society to descend into murderous chaos, do you think maybe that is, like, the establishment elites <laughs> dipping their toe into the collapse of, like, wholesale civilization? You know, like, the wholesale collapse of law enforcement and societal protections is just another Cassandra and Tammy at Glasto for a week. <laughs> Loosening their valve before we definitely return to the normal master and slave dynamic. Anyway, what, what the fuck was my point again? What was that about? Oh, yeah, yeah, the French. So so the French are rioting because I think an, an unarmed boy, person of colour, uh, a teenager, 17 years old, he was, uh, was shot and killed. And his name was uh, Nahel Mazouk. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Sky News was saying that this fatal shooting over there has seen violence erupt in Paris and it's spread out to towns and cities across France. And, and rightly so. You know, like you can't have a European country, you know, hyping rights and tolerances and liberal protections and, you know, a sort of a general attitude, if we're honest, that, you know, things aren't as bad over here as they are in the US. You know, thankfully, you can't have that attitude and then allow this sort of shit to happen, right? But it's so, so similar. Like, you have a French police officer and it's a traffic stop and then it's a kid of... Moroccan and Algerian descent, I gather. And he's only 17. And he ends up shot the fuck up over nothing. And so obviously people are very angry. And they want answers and they want to see justice. But you know what I think is interesting about this? And I'm sorry if this sounds you know, insensitive or if it's a bit like, oh, nice, nice one, Aid. Yeah, like this, this is a story about justice and racism and, you know, addressing institutional prejudices. And, and then you go for that? Like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? But honestly, like, I'm a bit like, I think what is equally interesting alongside all of that is that when a black American guy 
gets murdered for no reason on the side of a road? We blow the fuck up over here as well, right? Don't we? There's Black Lives Matter marches. There's thought leaders on television. There's anti-racism protests. There's fucking offshoot pieces in the press. Like, what does this person's death tell us about Britain's institutional racism? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, obviously, let's have that conversation. There's a lot to be done. But also, like, there's... BLM logos on corporate websites. All your friends change their profile pics to black squares. And I'm not mocking any of this, right? Like, it's the right reaction to have to try to affect change, try to implement pressure on the people who sign the checks and decide the bills that get discussed and all that. But there's like events and conversations and polls and marches. And then the same shit happens in France. And what's the reaction? It's like... And there were riots for the fourth consecutive day outside Paris this afternoon. And the UK just sort of observes, don't we? Like, what's happening over there? And we're like, is it, is it time to riot yet? About, about this? No? Okay. Oh, all right. I, th I thought maybe it might be. C can you check the valve? Could you, like, how many black guys died in the Mets' custody last month? Did it hit the threshold? No, it didn't? Oh, okay, right. Leave it, leave it a little bit longer than that. You know what I mean? Like, like, why is it that we take the baton of Americana so willingly, but just sort of, you know, observe the same thing happening in France? Like, it's just a fucking road accident that we're quietly rubbernecking, you know, between, I don't know, you know, a story about student loans. And then on the other side, oh, it's a story about Tory factionalism or, you know, it's just a story that we read, consume and move on. It doesn't elicit the same sort of volatile political reaction if it's France. Like, why does it take something to be happening in some obscure state in the US for us to even nearly riot about something? Why does it take that? Like, is that what it would take to get Brits to actually riot about interest rates and rent hikes and energy bills and everyone getting ripped off by supermarket petrol pumps that are supposed to be the cheapest? The climate crisis not being taken seriously. Brexit horse-fucking us. All the vast and varied ways that we're getting fucked over every single day and we do nothing about it. Like, is that what it would take? Is an American news story about a guy losing his home. And then we would all be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Us, us too. You know, us too. We're also suffering from that. We're, we're just like you guys. Like, fucking... <laughs> it's, like, it's like crushing capitalist poverty is just the latest MTV show that their UK office is trying to remake here on a budget. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, that is what it would take, is if something happened in America and then we would give a fuck about it. Like, every day, people like myself, Supertansky, Davey Moo... In fact, actually, I think it was Davey who first said this or, like, tweeted it. He was like, every day, I wonder why we aren't rioting. You know? And every day, I wonder... Or, or wait 
for my family's financial plight to be taken seriously. Or for, for when it is inevitably served up as the shit British version of an American CBS News exclusive scoop or some shit. Anyway, look, so the French are rioting, uh, rightly, uh, but also because it's what they do over there. Like the, the French are, and then the rioting, like it's like Brits and money laundering, you know, it's just, it's just what we do, guys, and we do it well. We, we launder money for cartels and drug dealers and warlords, and we turn it in to usable cash. That is what we do in this country, guys. Like whenever, whenever some red-cheeked plummy cunt on the breakfast news round says, I'd love to, but there, there isn't any magic money. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> There's magic money. There is. There is magic money throughout the city of London because that is what we do it is we we take bullion and stocks and bearer bonds from shady motherfuckers <laughs> who sell humans to sex trafficking rings and run nonce burger island theme parks and like it sounds like i'm making this stuff up i know it sounds conspiratorial and tin for her i know how this sounds guys but it is all out there on record and we take these people's assets and investments and income through selling fucking tons of contraband to other monsters of the drug and sex trafficking world and we magic it into money for them <laughs> because that is what we do that is our tradition the french their tradition is that when the state tries to assert a bit too much power over them whether it's you know shooting some kid dead at a traffic stop or or even you know the fucking uh like do, do you guys remember it must have been about 2010 2011 sort of time when when the french kicked off because the government were gonna take away their right to have a beer on their lunch break oh my god guys <laughs> You couldn't dream of a more French news story, could you? Kicking off, rioting against the government all over whether or not you can have an alcoholic beverage on your lunch. They were like, oh, sacre bleu. No, you cannot take my wine, my beer, on my lunch, motherfucker. And I get it. Like, you know, I'm here on my lunch break enjoying a tipple. You take this shit out of my hand, we're going to have a problem. Well, they went fucking flip mode. <laughs> but over here, you know, what do we do when there's state overreach? When we probably should riot? What do we do in the UK? Like, we just had protest taken away from us. <laughs> and even your fire-breathing socialist lot are like, well, that, that, that makes me very angry. I mean, that, that is state overreach. That is, that's draconian, and I will not stand for it. And you're like, well, oh, really? Okay, um, what are you going to do? You're going to fire up the guillotine? No, 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 I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a very stern Twitter thread, let me tell you. <laughs> like, oh, wow, that is fucking blinding. Yes. Like, I mean, you, you call it what you want, right? Like, stiff upper lip. 
maintaining composure, uh, not making a scene, you know, maintaining civility or, or whatever. But eventually it will end up with breaking doors down. It just will. <laughs> if you continuously fob people off. Like, we just have to establish how many modestly cross British guy tweets are equal to one knock of the door. You know, <laughs> what's the exchange rate between those? So like one cross tweet to one knock of the door or one heavy rap on the door or breaking down the door to murder you for your fucking super noodles. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why I imagine rich people eating super noodles. I don't know where that came from. Like that, that is when you know you came from a council estate single mother background when like even in your cabin <laughs> in your three-bed house with a mortgage and your degree and your blue chip software engineering job like everything outwardly is superficially middle class now i know that but this is when i'm reminded that i do actually come from a council estate background because it's like when i'm imagining breaking door breaking doors down to get into a rich person's house and robbing them of their food <laughs> The most the most opulent example of posh food I can think of is a pack of fucking super noodles. Still, even now, harks back to the day, like going around Tesco with my mum. Like, can we get some super noodles? No, 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 no. They're, they're too expensive. <laughs> but like, if if knocking on the door graduates to banging on the door, which graduates to breaking the door down and so on, like, how many modestly cross British guy penning an unhappy tweet thread? You know, that's your reaction to the having your protest taken away. How many of those unhappy threads from a cross British man? <laughs> how many of them do we have to get through before somebody actually fucking does something? You know, how many threads? Anyway, here's, here's another story uh, that caught my eye. So this is a story about uh, Subway. The American sandwich chain, you know, they do baguettes, lots of salad and ham and pastrami. You know who Subway are, right? Uh, so they've got themselves in trouble, or rather a franchise thereof have attracted a little bit of tabloid attention for the wrong reasons. Uh, this is on Sky News and it says uh, Titan Submersible, which is the name of the submarine the other week, right? Titan Submersible roadside sign at US Subway branch condemned as distasteful okay did you get that shall i reread it let it really sink in hold on a sec so titan submersible which is the submarine that went kaput uh titan submersible roadside sign at a u.s branch of subway has been condemned as distasteful so there's a sign up advertising subway it's been condemned as a bit off color or whatever so a franchise of Subway somewhere in, in the US, um, in America, have put this advert up, right? And uh, look, you know, I, I know it's a very sad story about the submarine and, you know, the billionaire or billionaires, I think, plural. You know, what, like one of them paid $250,000 to go in that submarine. And then they took it lower than the materials that it was made out of were supposed to handle and the fucking thing explodes basically it buckles under the pressure i think i, I think i read it as um uh, a catastrophic implosive event or something something along those lines 
Um, and there's a lot of people who get very moral high horse about mocking that story. You know, they because there was a kid on it. It was like 19 years old, one of the billionaire's sons, I think. Um, you know, and they come out with stuff like that. That was somebody's son. And he's and I get that. You know, I understand. I actually used to be a lot more callous about this stuff back in the day. But honestly, like once you have kids, it turns into such a fucking pussy for shit like this. It really does. Like, the idea of my son dying like that, you know, on some rich guy ride <laughs> that by all accounts... The kid that did die on it, like, he didn't even want to go on it in the first place. Like, imagine that shit. Like, you don't even want to go on the fucking thing. But you go along anyway. Like, you go along with your dad. With your dad's stupid hobby. You know, what What a bummer of a way to die. That, Like, if my dad took me to fucking... Like, what? what's this thing? Like, he's not into, you know, the Titanic or deep sea diving. or something. Like, he's into... He's into rock and roll. Always has been. He loves Elvis, the Beatles. So, if, like, if my dad took me to a 1960s theme park, right, with a load of rickety roller coaster rides and, you know, and the carriage trains on them, maybe they go into a giant Paul McCartney's mouth or something. Like, if I begrudgingly went along with that, you know, I'm like, oh, all right, you old bastard. You know, look, I don't, I don't want to be here. Like, this place is too expensive. It's a fucking shithole. You know, it's obviously not safe. And they're, 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 they're fucking running that ride with a second-hand PlayStation control. Like, it's fucking nuts, but fu fine. This is obviously your thing, Dad. So, look, I, it's coming up to your birthday. Well, you know, I, I'll grip my teeth. I'll go along with it. It's fine. You know, if I did that, and then the roller coaster train came loose from the track, and I've got three seconds until I hit the concrete from 80 feet up, like, I know I'm going to die. At this stage, like, you know how they say in that situation, you just think about your family and, you know, people that you love. And like, I'm just going to say this now. If you cause me to die because I went along with your stupid fucking dad hobby, the last three seconds, I'm not going to be thinking about my family that I love. I'm going to be actively hating the relative that's killing me. I would be trying to kill my dad on the way down to the concrete. I would. Like, if you're going to kill me by dragging me along to this fucking nonsense, like, I at least want the comfort of knowing that I got your back for it before we both become pavement paint, you fucking cretin, dad. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's one thing to die young. You know, if it's a drug OD or a car accident or getting shot by the police for doing absolutely nothing. Like, all of those things are sad. They are sad ways to die. Guys, but it is another thing entirely to die in a stupid way, right? <laughs> Which I've, I've talked about before. Like, that is my biggest fear, is dying in a dumb way. You know, like, you're just going about your business, texting your missus, thinking about holiday plans, you know, or, or what's next with your podcast, or, or gigs that you're looking forward to, and then BAM! An 18-wheeler carrying nothing but kippers slides on some oil and smashes into an office block. And, and the shipping containers of kippers just pour out and on top of you. You know, like, like you've been killed by kippers. Death by drowning in kippers would be a terrible way to die. Both, both as it's happening and the ridiculousness of knowing all your friends and family would roast the shit out of you at the funeral. They would.
You wouldn't get a fucking psalm or a, you know, a clear midnight reading in the program at all. Like, it would just be a fucking roast. Like, even the priest would be like, well, you know, I no, I was going to do uh, Romans 8.35. But this shit is wild. Do you, do you mind if I do a five spot? You know, I've got a few ideas I'd like to test. Like, your funeral would be an open mic. It'd be like everyone riffing on your stupid death. And the smell that you've brought into the parish hall or some shit. Just this deathy, fishy pungence permeating <laughs> through the mostly empty rows of your funeral, you know? And then your best friend would be up there with a fucking spinning bow tie, cracking jokes at your crying children, you know? Everyone just roasting your stupid death and fishy corpse, you know? You're like, look at your children from up there, like, while he's giving a reading or, like, you know, doing, saying a few words, like, I'll miss him too, kids. Jacob, Ruby, I will. You know, turns around, looks at your coffin. <laughs> but you're stinking up the church here a little bit, eh? Am I right, guys? Ha! This guy gets it, you know? Treat the whole thing like a fucking stand-up routine. Look, Looks back at my sobbing widow. I'm going to miss him too, Amanda, greatly. I really am. But aroma-wise, probably, like, quicker we toss him in the furnace, the better for everyone, I think. Thanks, guys. That's all i got time for. Like, drowned by kippers, just stupid deaths, is what I fear most, is if you die in a dumb way. But you know what's worse than that? Is a stupid death that you didn't even want to risk in the first place. You know? Like, like, it's one thing to walk too close to the road and then the kipper truck ends up killing you, you know? It's one thing to walk down a high street and then, I don't know, like a, a fuel canister comes loose from a light aircraft a thousand feet up or something. It just randomly lands right on you and bam, dead. Just violently random and stupid. But it is a... New depth of death stupidity. <laughs> if you if you begrudgingly go along <laughs> to to the dumb white guy expedition that you didn't even want to fucking go on, and then that ends up killing you. Like I would be the pissiest angel ever. I really would be. I'd be so mad. I'd be. I'd be like floating up to heaven with an attitude problem. <laughs> Like, on my way into endless, timeless utopia, with people like, welcome to heaven. And I'm like, I'm not even supposed to be here. You know, <laughs> like, anyway, quite the tangent there. Fucking hell. So, so Subway are in trouble because they put this thing up on a road sign and, and it looks like those, you know, those typical American road signs you know like they usually point to churches weirdly and um and they'll say things like you know jesus loves you or or there might be some topical news reference and they'll somehow bring that back to jesus right like you know you know the sort of road signs i'm talking about i'm sure like you drive past a mcdonald's and and a jeff's auto and and the local high school and then there would be a dilapidated church and and then one of these signs out the front and it will say you know something like you know, honk if you love Jesus or something. Anyway, this subway had one of those. And it said, bear in mind the context. 
bear in mind the news story that we're talking about the submarine, they're buckling under pressure, and this subway sign, sign outside the like it says, Subway, our subs don't implode, which is just like, I mean, look, guys, like I'm, I'm here for the near the knuckle comedy references. I am. I mean, like obviously. I, like, have you listened to this show before? Like, I, I get it. It's, you know, it's a bit naughty. It's a bit edgy. It's, it's fine. You know, but it's like, it's like that joke is, it's not funny enough to counter the abuse that you're going to get for it, you know? Like, there's a set of scales to be balanced here like you know okay i'm gonna get some shit for this but it's so funny i will also please my fan base and maybe even attract some new ones so it's worth the upset from a couple of the more conservative quarters of news and twitter and so on if ultimately it's a net benefit you know what i mean like but this isn't that but like, maybe it's just me I don't know, but I've like I feel like I've kind of sat through enough shit open mics, you know, and sighed my way through your fucking god awful story, peppered with a couple of, you know, contorted one liners that you stole off Reddit or the dad jokes Twitter or something. I've sat through enough of that shit to know what's funny ish, what is kinda funny, uh, what's fucking hilarious. And then what is, like, you know, fucking sniff laugh funny? Do you know what I mean? Like, a sniff laugh, which is, you know, it's basically, it's like a nose laugh. It's like, like, I don't know if you'll hear this because of the mic, but it's it's kind of like, you know, breathing about three times through your nose. like, <laughs> you know, three. <laughs> it's like a non-laugh, right? That is what this is. Our subs don't implode <laughs> like that that's it that is the reaction that's the mini approval that you get but the disapproval our subs don't implode guys the disapproval is colossal <laughs> the balance of the scales does not stack up for you it's like it's like, listen to some of this stuff. Like, this woman came on Twitter and she took a picture of it and she shared it because, of course, you know, it's Twitter and it's 2023 and that's what people do. But it's like, her, her Twitter says, it says, To Subway, this is at your store in Georgia. Not only is it distasteful, it's just sad. Do better. And there's more of it. Like, there's obviously, there's hundreds and thousands more. How tacky. People have no thought for the family members of those who died. This is disgusting, you know? And predictably, this branch of Subway <laughs> has, you know, you know, much like the fucking submarine, <laughs> buckled and imploded under the pressure of the media that it was simply unprepared for, right? It's on Sky, it's on Fox News, it's on the Mirror's website, it's on Newsweek, just this burst fire hydrant of outrage and offence. And, you know, it's, oh. and I'm still kind of jarred by the entire news story, you know, like not just a subway thing, you know, the sort of, you know, the white, like the proxy morning, 
that's going on for this for this billionaire you know dying on his fucking vanity mission it's like you know here you have these guys these billionaires their net worth in the billions and it's like if you're worth 1.5 billion right that is not just an, an enormous amount of money. That is, you know, gigantic. That is galactical cash. Like, no one really stops to consider how much fucking money that is. Or very few people, at least. Like, $1.5 billion. Like, um, Star B, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, uh, she's, you know, quite big on TikTok now. And uh, she, was, she was on there the other day saying how spending $250,000 right for a ticket to board this submarine to a billionaire that is the equivalent of one of us lot buying and this is actually a bit weird now now that I think about it but she said like three subways right? <laughs> like how fucking weird is that like I'm talking about subway as a news story and then them taking the piss and like and her reference point in the TikTok about just the story itself also happened to be subway that's fucking weird anyway look star b was saying you buying three subways is by ratio is it's the same as a billionaire blowing 250 grand on a fucking afternoon out <laughs> and this and this is why it's so fucked up like with the proxy morning right and the whole you know that was somebody's son right is like there is a time and a place and a premium on compassion absolutely there is billionaires <laughs> i mean like you know let, let me break this down for you like billionaires and i'm not necessarily saying like specifically these guys right but but billionaires generally like to avoid paying taxes they just fucking did wherever fucking possible don't they they set up different companies and shell accounts and they funnel money off to jersey and switzerland and god knows where and then they draw it down in dividends and take it out in loans so they don't get taxed on that. They do whatever they can to avoid paying money into the kitty that might help your kids to not starve to death. All right. And they non-dom and they dodge and divert and defer whatever they need to to leave those coffers dry. So millions of people are fucked or hungry or homeless and banging on doors because maybe they're on fucking chapter five of that shit. They've not quite got to chapter 10 yet, but we will get there. <laughs> there is dick one compassion. There's fuck nothing from those people, from the billionaires. And then when one of them fucks up and books a ticket for the wrong day out and dies in a stupid way, that is ripe for roasting. Then we're all supposed to hold back on the hot take. You know, like, oh, how about a bit of compassion? How about get fucked? <laughs> how about try some altruism? Pay for some nurses. Pay your fucking taxes. Maybe get all your billionaire friends together in the lobby of the Eyes Wide Shut party just before you go in and get one of you to exhibit the compassion that you want from the rest of us in a situation like this. Until then, the rare times that one or two of you do die in a dumb way... I'm going to reserve the right to use it as a way to ease the pressure valve. Guys, that's it. I got to go. But before I do, come to the live show. Grab your tickets now. There's a link in the description. It's in London on the 28th of September. That's a Thursday night. 
It's at the book club in Shoreditch. I'm also back as one third of the Riot Society. That's Friday, the 10th of November. That's with Danny fucking Price, Super Tansky, Dane Baptiste, Marina Perkis, among others. Tickets for those shows always go out to Patreons first. And if you jump on Patreon, you also get episodes of the podcast two days before everyone else. And then after that, they go out on Spotify and Apple and, and YouTube and so on. We've also got a Discord chat. That's like instant messaging, a bit like Slack, Teams, whatever. That's for Patreon backers. We're in there every day. So if you fancy a chinwag with a few like-minded, dark-humoured, booze-fueled politics and satire heads, uh, I'm in there every day with, uh, with everyone else. Um, you get a monthly Skype call with yours truly. Uh, that's for the upper tier, the truly booge cult members on patreon and finally you get credited as a supporter at the end of the show when i read out your lovely and beautiful names so in that spirit uh big thanks to uh bowman christy david v mojo sabian peter del monte uh pingu stewart t-rex uh, aaron alex jeff ned sarah and silent thank you so much guys for your continued support um that's all on patreon.com forward slash aid thompson uh if you're not on the patreon and you're enjoying the show please do consider sharing me around like the cheap yearning harlot that i am just share an episode of the pod with a friend uh or an enemy i don't give a shit uh any growth is good in this economy uh, or write me a review on apple Podcasts. that would be amazing or even just tweet me uh if you're not into you know reviews and patreon and buying t-shirts and all the other stuff that i do Honestly, a tweet would be great. Just tweet at me and say, hey, you know, I'm enjoying the show or, or, or call me a cunt. I don't care. Uh, then that, that would be amazing. It's just nice to know that people are listening. Um, anyway, that's it for now. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Stay booge. Keep it hashtag Binfluencer. And I am out this motherfucker. <laughs>